Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And welcome to Neon Twilight with Solaris Blue Raven on the, the uh, Nightlight Network. Uh, this is a show that, that is, um, was, was originally scheduled for Solaris Blue Raven to do by herself, but she kindly decided that it was more fun to have two people on it, so I got to talk with her a lot. Uh, Solaris is an amazing lady. You must know her all probably from her Freedom Slips and her KCOR radio shows. She probably has been a guest on just about everybody who lives in the metaphysical career as far as podcasting goes. She's an incredible lady. She's written many, many books and is, has, is a wealth of knowledge that is beyond my comprehension. So when she decided to come over to Nightlight and do Neon Twilight, um, I was delighted. And the more I have been working with her, the the more exciting it's become. And I and I have to say that going back to school with her and researching a lot of these topics that we're presenting has been an adventure for me and and an incredible education. And I am so honored to be able to do this study work with her because she has a wealth of knowledge inside of her that goes far beyond mine. So, with that said, welcome to your show, Solaris. Well, thank you, Barbara. That's a that's a wonderful introduction. I don't know if I'm worthy of it, but thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to be <laughs> here. And wonderful. I'm so glad we are doing this show together. It's a lot of fun as well on my end. So, so thank you. Well, I'm learning a lot, and, and you know, my big thing is if I'm having fun and learning, then I'm going to keep going with it. So mm -hmm. um, it is it is so exciting for me to, um, I mean, we, we did the Emerald Tablets of Toth, which I thought mm -hmm. was fabulous and I thoroughly enjoyed, and then we decided to go into Manly P. Hall's work, which I have always said to myself, I want to read through this book, but... To be perfectly honest with everybody, the book is uh, seven, eight hundred pages long, and it and it's it's teeny print. So um, the older I get, the smaller the print gets. 
And uh, but but going through this chapter by chapter with you has been um, enlightening and expanding to me, and and I'm just so glad that we decided to do this because. Um, and, and especially with tonight's title, because we, we're going, you know, through the, the chapter that, that deals with um, the life and teaching of Toth Hermes Trismegistus. And I want to say that again, Trismegistus. It took me years to be able to turn to my tongue time. around that. <laughs> <laughs> if I do, will Hermes turn up and then we'll be in really great Maybe. shape? <laughs> so many. <laughs> But yeah, but um, it it you know and and you know I I think you know we ought to let people know that we're 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 drawing our, all of our material for these particular shows from the Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. Um, it's a book that should be in everybody's library, and you know I I I wouldn't recommend somebody decide to tackle it and read straight through it because you know you won't be able to grasp it all. <laughs> Mm-mm. But it's almost a lifetime. Seriously, yes. And and yeah. You know, when did you discover Manly P. Hall? Oh gosh, back in uh, I think I was about eighteen or nineteen years old. And I worked at a bookstore. Yeah, really got into uh, metaphysical books, books on occultism, and I was drawn to him. I was just drawn to his information on an occult spiritual side, and started reading it. And I don't really think I really grasped everything. But it was something that felt good to read, so I just kept pursuing it. Well, he was he was born in 1901, so he was old, um, mm-hmm. not not ancient, but old. And actually, he didn't die until I think 91, at least from the 90. Oh, 1990, I believe. Yeah, August 29th. Yeah, unless it's so, wrong. But. So, so he's been compiling this material and and it's it's a wonderful lexicon it 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 touches on just about everything metaphysical you could you could hope for um maybe not into the the current fads but as far as the solid foundational material that metaphysics is built on it hits it all and um I, I'm very impressed by it because, you know, we did the Emerald Tablets, which I thought was great. And that's, that's you know, really my only exposure to Toth. Mm-hmm. And after reading this, The Life and Teachings of Toth, Toth, Tahuti, however you want to pronounce it, um, it, it expands so greatly my understanding as to why he was such a big deal. Oh, yeah. um, absolutely. I mean, with the Emerald Tablets, it was, you know, he grew up in Atlantis and he went to Egypt and he decided to, you know, take them from from being barbarians into highly evolved intellectual architects, astrologers, and so forth. But but he was so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it gives you a precursor insofar as what we are as cosmic beings too, and it kind of kind of dovetails into our cosmic ancestry in a different way, but puts you on the path, so to speak, on multi layers. At least it did for me. Oh gosh, yeah. And the one thing that you know, the, the thing that stood out to me that you know, every now and then there's something that kind of 
you know, waves the flag and says, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, was the fact that um, <clears throat> he was also known in some circles as Enoch, which, of mm-hmm. course, ties it right into the biblical stuff. And and um, let me see, the one the one thing I, 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 I wasn't able to highlight as much as I would like to, but um, the book of Tuff here reveals all mankind the one way and for ages the wise of every nation and every faith have reached immortality by the way established by Hermes in the midst of the darkness for the redemption of hum- humankind. Um, you know, as, as Toth, as, as Hermes, as whoever, um, you know, how many books did they give him credit for? I mean, or did they try to mm-hmm. give him credit for? It was right. thousands, wasn't it? It certainly was. Well, it seems um, like it. Big influence, no doubt. And what you just read, I love that. That's um, very, very powerful and very universal on so many different levels. If the man, if mankind could just get it together on that field of energy, you know, be nice to see. Well, and and you know, in this particular article that that we that we're going to pull from tonight, I mean, it does give you the steps. It explains to you how things came about um, without the religious dogma attached to it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's what for me is at the heart of this whole thing. Um humanity as a whole, you know, it it we're made up of of hundreds, if not thousands of different religious philosophical backgrounds. So if you take the religious aspect out of it and you look at humanity as a species without the religion, that doesn't mean that there's not good and bad and everything else in here, but the creation and the purpose of humankind, taking away the religious expectations gives you a better understanding as to what the human race is here for. Mhm. Oh, and, absolutely. And it's not, yeah. you know, it's not to it's not to glorify a god, it's to glorify the god within. And mm-hmm. that's what people don't seem to understand. And and that's my that's my newest soapbox. <laughs> well, it's a good soapbox to be on. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I was just discussing it the other night on my show. Um, we were talking about the Bible briefly, and it, it seemed like a book of magic, you know, a book of spells and incantations, even though it doesn't read that way to most Christians, but it really is. It's a book of occultism. If you really look at it, spell work, and, and putting absolutely. people into a space of almost hypnosis, and I find that, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Without all the personal spin and control mechanisms connected to any religion, we move on to the next level, which is really about pure energy, pure light, pure consciousness. So, yeah, I think that's the solution, and obviously they did, too. Well, I think my my biggest question to to people these days is that, you know, we were created by pure love. We were given free will. And, mm. you know, how can anybody, you know, from any religious background, if they acknowledge that, and they all do, then how can you expect, if you're given free will, you're not then given a book of rules that you have to abide by in order to have free will? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, free free will is free will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that's universal. So, I mean, that's unlimited. Yeah, I know. The planet we're on, <laughs> the illusion of, and this is something they don't realize here in this world, especially when you look at the corporate control mechanisms and the, under the guise of governments. You know, it's just the whole con- construct, which doesn't honor universal free will. No. And, and you know, the, there's only one way this, the spirit that we carry within is going to learn, and unfortunately that's, that's by making mistakes. That's what we're here for. Actually, in, in many ways, we're here to make mistakes so we become a better spirit. And, um, you know, happily I can say I, I'm, I'm celebrating my free will by making mistakes all over the place. <laughs> You're doing fine. Yeah. As an observer um, I, from afar. <laughs> Yeah, trying try, trying to stay out of trouble now that I'm I'm 77. It seems to me that by now I should be able to. It. Oh, thank you. That's, and that's why a good I number, love radio. That's a great number. Oh, esoteric. That's true. That's powerful. Oh, you want to and, and you, you want to even go. Let right. me let me give you even further. My birthday is three three four four. Wow, fated, huh? Or you picked it before well, you showed up. I I must have. <laughs> I've never played it on the lottery, but I've been thinking about it. Um, To give people an idea as to what we're dealing with with this Toth material, um, do you have the you know that first paragraph? Um, Um, In front of me, yes, I do. From the life and teachings of those Hermes Trismegistus. Trismegistus. I love it. Did I say it right? (laughs) Trista Justice, yes. Okay. I, mean, I do. I, I do have it. it. The one that starts with a thunder? Yeah, I thought we, you might want to read that to people to kind of give them an idea as to what we're looking at. Yeah, I think it's beautiful, actually. And, and some, it's I funny because too. I just had a thunderstorm roll through, so how how synchronistic. Um, anyways. How apropos, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so so here we go. Thunder rolled, lightning flashed, the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. The venerable initiator in his robes of blue and gold slowly raised his jeweled wand and pointed with it into the darkness revealed by the tearing of the silken curtain. Behold the light of Egypt. The candidate in his plain white robe gazed into the utter blackness framed by the two great lotus-headed columns between which the veil had hung. As he watched, a luminous haze distributed itself throughout the atmosphere until the air was a mass of shining particles. The face of the neophyte was illuminated by the soft glow as he scanned the shimmering cloud for some tangible object. The initiator spoke again. This light which he beholds is the secret luminance, luminance of the mysteries. Whence it comes, none knoweth, save the master of the light. Behold him. Suddenly through the gleaming mist, a, fe- a figure appeared, surrounded by a flickering greenish sheen. The initiator lowered his wand, and bowing his head, placed one hand edgewise against his breast in humble salutation. The neophyte stepped back in awe, partly blinded by the glory of the revealed figure. Gaining courage, the youth gazed again at the Divine One. The form before him was considerably larger than that of a mortal man. The body seemed partly transparent so that the heart and brain could be seen pulsating and radiant. As the candidate watched, the heart changed into a, an abyss, an abyss, or abyss, and the brain into a flashing emerald. Ah, thank you. I think I said that. Okay. In its hand, this mysterious being bore a winged rod entwined with serpents. The aged initiator raised his wand, cried out in a loud voice, All hail thee, both Hermes, thrice greatest. All hail thee, prince of men. All hail thee, who standeth upon his head of Typhon. At the same instant, a lured, whisking dragon appeared, 
a hideous monster, part serpent, part crocodile, and part hog. From its mouth and nostrils poured sheets of flame, and horrible sounds echoed throughout the vault chambers. Suddenly, Hermes struck the advanced reptile with the serpent wound staff, and with a snarling cry, the dragon fell over upon its side, while the flames about it slowly died away. Hermes placed his foot upon the skull of the vanquished Typhon. The next instant, with a blaze of unbearable glory that sent the neophyte staggering backward against the pillar, the immortal Hermes, followed by streamers of greenish mist, passed through the chamber and faded into nothingness. Um, you want me to continue? <clears throat> that's a lot um, right there. That's a lot. And and this is, this is I'm not sure where that will compile, but I'm not sure if that paragraph was compa- uh, compiled by the, by the priest whose initials were above it. Yeah, by Freer. Yes, it was. That's oh, go ahead. that's that's the 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 visual they want to give you as to the stature of Hermes. Now, I've read in a lot of books because you know this is one of my favorite topics that that because he is given credit for having written thousands and thousands of books, um, they're saying that his works cannot possibly be the work of one man. Um, you know, I think there was a Hermes. I think there was a gifted, talented, um, wise teacher that 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 did all this. And, and you know, I I I could I can be wrong. And you know, maybe when I croak, I'll figure it out. But um, well, I agree with you. I think there was. You know, too. it's it it they they say that he he wrote twenty thousand books, and then somebody else said it was thirty six thousand, and um. So it's 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 tough because he his his work um the books that are attributed to him um are are the um the basis for the hermetica which is where everything comes from you know um right. gosh let me see somewhere it's i i i i slide my and it all swims by me um it's 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 everything um from from poetry to astrology to construction and and architecture to you know you name it um Even alchemy yeah it's all alchemy if you look at and, it too it's the messenger of the gods so hermes the messenger of the gods would make sense that he would be communicating all these different teachings and dispersing them throughout. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was, you know, uh, the Jewish people knew him as Enoch, and and um, he was also the, the Greeks. Um, he later became Mercury um, of the Latins, and also, um, you know, Hermes has taken on a different form in many different cultures throughout time, but he's been he's been um what is it Hermes of all creatures was nearest to God and became known as the messenger of the gods um I am very comfortable with that i mm-hmm. um ab- above and beyond the fact that that you know throughout time there have been other um wise teachers that have come to the planet and have tried to help steer uh humanity in 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 the right directions. Hermes seems to be the one that brought all of this knowledge to humanity and shared it with them in the hopes that they would follow, 
you know, the material and, and have a rich and prosperous life and evolve. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. You know. So, um, yeah, I, want to, I don't want to digress for a second, but you remember Jason and the Argonauts, the, the old one, um, with Hermes, yeah. remember? The character. And he disappeared as mortal, but then he becomes this god and... I just find that to be, that's kind of the symbolism behind it and the illusion of, I would say, you know, that this divinity connected in. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, he, he's also, my gosh, the Egyptians revered him. And and um, that's that's basically where I think we pick pick up on him the earliest is, is with the Egyptians. And in, in at least their... Um, their <clears throat> hieroglyphs of toss and you know their there's i think in in was it the eighth century is the very first written knowledge we have of the emerald tablets and and so he's been around for a very long time and and people names characters um they they don't travel through time through thousands and thousands and thousands of years unless there's a purpose to it. And because he's been recorded in so many different religions, especially you know uh, Enoch and Hermes, and you know through the through the Romans and the Greeks, and um, it's it's just um, there's got to be something to this material. And I. I Strongly recommend that people read through this material. It's not a whole bunch of pages out of Manly P. Hall's book. Um, it, it's like maybe 20 pages at all, but but it does give you an idea as to the bulk of material that he is credited with give, giving to humanity in the hopes that we could take the material and utilize it. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I mean, it's even that, you know, his work is, is even of importance to Masonic scholars and their initiatory rites. I mean, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's crept into all aspects of our lives without us really noticing it. And, and yet, you know, we are influenced by his, his wisdom at, at periods in time um, that, that is, um, you know, very, very fascinating. And, I, I keep thinking, you know, there's, there's, there. I keep, I kept saying, I know there's something more here, and there absolutely is, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's, he's been connected to alchemists and chemistry, and, and just, um, let me see. It says here, among the fragmentary writings believed to have come from the stylus of Hermes are two famous works. The first is the Emerald Tablet, and the second is the Divine Pymander as it is more commonly called the shepherd of men. A discussion, uh, okay, one outstanding point in connection with Hermes is that he was one of the few philosopher priests of pagandom upon whom the early Christians did not vent their spleen, since church fathers went so far as to declare that Hermes exhibited many symptoms of intelligence, symptoms of intelligence, and that if he had only been born in a more enlightened age so that he might have benefited by their instructions, he would have been a really great man. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, this is another case of, um, gosh, they call it the shepherd of men. 
you know, that's that's what Jesus was called, and, and obviously mm-hmm. Jesus came forward many thousands of years later and, you know, was a shepherd, and, the, and humanity killed him, too. So... Um, as as, as, a cult, as, a, as a culture, as a um, species, we tend to not really, you know, there's an old saying that, that uh, a prophet isn't recognized until he's dead. And, mm-hmm. and Too this little may well be, right? Yeah, it, 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 it may be the same thing. I mean, certainly he was around for a long time. I don't think there's ever any... Um, I don't think there's a record of his death, more that he he just went into the ether and went on to other places, so that so that he hasn't died. Um, you know, the, the you know you look at at Jesus, you look at Buddha, you look at um, Zoroaster, you look at you know any number of these wonderful teachers that were out there. They weren't appreciated. They were they were feared and then for the most part destroyed some of them passed peacefully but but a lot of them were were destroyed because of because of the fear about what they had inside them to share with humanity right the so, same old story how it is so but but the egyptians seemed to have honored um honored him um greatly and there's a whole lengthy thing about the processions and people representing different things but the book of toth um is is really it it's let's see the book of toth is described described a method by where stimulation was accomplished was accomplished and truth therefore it was the key to immortality so um he's 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 left messages that are really quite profound and it's a matter of, you know, do you go into it, do you read it, and then do you apply it to your everyday life? And, and that's, that's a, of course, another, um, another way of, yes, finding immortality. And, and it, it isn't as the person that you are now, but it's immortality of your spirit. And, and you know, we both believe that the spirit is immortal. Um, but not everybody does believe that. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a good point you make there. Go ahead. And there was one thing in this material that I don't agree with. Um, (laughs) Surprise, it's only one thing. Um, And it says here, it's been asserted that the Book of Toth is, in reality, the mysterious Tarot of the Bohemians, a strange emblematic book of 78 leaves that's been in possession of gypsies since the time when they were driven out of their ancient temple. Um, and hmm. and according to the secret histories, the gypsies were originally Egyptian priests. I don't know that I buy that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I know that some of the material I've read goes another direction. That originally the the tarot was a um, <clears throat> a game. The gypsies <laughs> took over. And used for their for their readings and and their divinations and prognostications. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm not I'm not certain. I'd have to probably dive into it a little bit deeper. Um, I, you know, there's always a spinoff when it comes down to initiation and mystery schools and and even something as simple as the tarot. 
but it seems like it, it doesn't, its origins are a little bit different in my opinion, but, but I do know that they use a lot of alchemical ways, um, different types of alchemical designs to, to see the future and foresee on a more prophetic level, so it's highly possible. Uh, but I'd have to dive into that a little bit further. Well, you okay, know, I'll when it, it comes to ways of divination, um, there are as many ways of divination as there are diviners out there. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, <clears throat> so to, to take the standard tarot, which I, I'm not sure what that would be, whether it was the um, Rider Waite deck or or what, but um, and then going into the, the, the gypsies were originally the Egyptian priests. Don't buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does sound kind of strange. You know, they do say that the tarot <laughs> was connected into Europe. So, but when you look at the ancient mystery schools of Egypt and, and of course, the Greeks, um, there was all kinds of, like we were talking about scrying, different formulas for scrying. And it could be a metaphor for something else as well, uh, what he's getting into. It might even be multi-layered that we're just not looking at. Well, sure. And, and, and there are multi-layers to everything. I mean, you can take almost, I mean, I've I've read a crumpled up tissue, not used. But, <laughs> um, you know, you can, you can use anything as a focus to pull information from. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... And I'm pretty sure I wasn't a priest in Egypt. You know, unless sure? I was a female okay. priest. No. No. Uh, <laughs> but um there there you know, I this is gonna this is going to drive me to find the divine pymander and, and check it out because um it it says here the divine pymander was called the vision, and it be, it's believed to describe the method by which the divine wisdom was first revealed to Hermes. And it was after Hermes had received this revelation that he began his ministry, teaching to all who would listen the secrets of the invisible universe as they had been unfolded to him. So this is a, a, a very spiritual journey. And... Mm-hmm. um. So, and the vision apparently is a book. Um, it's a fragment. Um, and it, it contains an exposition of hermetic cosmology and the secret sciences of the Egyptians regarding the culture and enfoldment of the human soul. Um, and for a time it was, a, it was called the Genesis of Enoch, uh, but apparently that's been changed. Um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's material that I haven't seen before because, you know, we all, we all are looking for a way of, of evolving our spirit so that, so that it, it, it gets the most out of this lifetime that it possibly can. Um, you know, that's, that's the purpose of us being here. And it feels to me as though, you know, here, it's, it's, it's sort of like, this material has been sitting on bookshelves gathering dust for generations. And maybe it's time that we got sent back to not biblical references, but, you know, sort of the source to to, to mm-hmm. just understand how this this evolution takes place. And and again, I I really love the fact that it is taking it out of a religious context more in and putting it into a you know, bare bones, this is what you do, this is how you do it, this is how you, 
you know, the understanding that you have to reach inside of yourself. All of that stuff, it's it's very there. Um, yeah. I like the way you so describe the secrets of the invisible universe, too. And I think you're reading from that same area, but uh, listen to the secrets of the invisible universe. That says it all. I mean, really, it's just honing in on, on the unseen world. Oh, absolutely. And it's, I, I think what is so phenomenal about this, this whole dialogue that, that, that you know, we, we read through, um, it's, it's sort of like, okay, this is somebody giving you another way of understanding of the evolution of your spirit. And I think that one of the one of the um, one of the things that impressed me so much was about um, I wish I could find it fast and I can't. You know, this, that's terrible when you highlight. don't highlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't highlight on Barbara. this. Um, but but I, I think what what got to me the most was um when he was talking about about evil and it's it's i can't find it i'm going to have to i'm going to have to paraphrase it and put no, it in my I own wanna, words i want to hear it <laughs> but while you're um you talk and i'll look okay because i'm looking at something that i really um uh, I'm kind of scanning through some of this material as well, but uh, there's some information that I think is interesting. Following the secret instructions of the temple, he gradually freed his higher consciousness from the bondage of his bodily senses and thus released his divine nature, revealed to him the mysteries of the transcendental spheres. He beheld a figure terrible and awe-inspiring. It was the great dragon, with wings stretching across the sky and light streaming in all directions from its body. The mysteries taught that the universal life was personified as a dragon. The great dragon called Hermes by name, and asked him why he thus meditated upon the world's mystery. Terrified by the spectacle, Hermes prostrated himself before the dragon, beseeching it to reveal its identity. And the great creature oh. answered that it was Omenzras, the mind of the universe. Isn't that interesting? The creative intelligence and the absolute emperor of all. I don't know how far you want me to go, but I just think that's so powerful when I look through that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, I think what... Um, and, and I can't find it. You know, there's you can't when when you when you know just a certain phrase is here, and you know you can't find it. But I will paraphrase because it was it was amazing. It, they were talking about uh, evil, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, if if someone was evil, was there a demon inside of them? And the reality, you know, he brought up was that. There, there is no demon inside you. You know, you, you, if you choose to exercise the evil that you have within you, then you become, you create the demon inside of you, the, the, the negative energy, the evil within you. It's not being possessed by something. It is, it is allowing you yourself to become something that you had all along, but you chose to, you know, to focus on as opposed to. You know, uh, you know, there's so many people talking about demon possession, but this is that's not what they're saying here. They're saying that that if there is that aspect within a person, it's because they have they have generated and they have enforced that quality within themselves that they become that. Mm-hmm. So that 
makes perfect so sense. That, so, yeah. that, so, so that it makes it your responsibility, not the, right. Yeah, so you that know, was your condition almost. Yeah. Yeah. So, so taking that, responsibility for your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and also like and, a tulpa so, too. Like it reminds me of a tulpa amplification of the thought form. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. And it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like it's it's there are so many people that you know go through exorcisms and figure out figure that okay the evil's gone from me I'm a good person now and everything is all right with the world, but the conditions that created that energy within you unless you have changed them will recreate it again. Mhm. Yeah. Self replication. Yeah. I agree. Also cellular memory. So, There's a program running. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's 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 really it's a, it's amazing because he goes into how strong. Um, it says here, um, making their own self for evil each day increases. Okay, so uh, but to the wicked environs and and covetous, I came not. This is this is the good, the positive. For such cannot understand the mysteries of mine. Therefore, I am unwelcome. I leave them to the avenging demon that they are making in their own souls. For evil mm. each day increases itself and torments men more sharply. And each evil deed adds to the evil deeds that are gone before until finally evil destroys itself. The punishment of desire is the agony of unfulfillment. Oh, that's well said. Yeah. Makes sense too, doesn't it? Yeah. I just found it. <laughs> it's kind of timeless, I, I, isn't it? I mean, when you think about the timeline this was written, it applies oh to gosh, every yeah. timeline. Mm-hmm. Well, I think today most people are looking for someone or something to blame as opposed right. to taking responsibility. And this flat out says it. That you know you 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 have created it inside of yourself. So, um, and 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 I have to stop here sharply and say that you know if if you feel if you take responsibility for having created whatever situation you're in, the only way you can deal with it is by dealing with it and changing the environment inside of yourself, so that that environment is pure love. And mm-hmm. it's not something that happens overnight. It doesn't, you know, you don't snap your fingers and say, I will be good and lovely in a Pollyanna. It's, it's a practice. It's, it's a routine. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a mental focus, actually. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, spiritual path working, yeah. So that, so, that, so that, again, responsibility falls to the self, not to someone outside to exercise you for one, you know, I mean... There are people that, and for some reason, exorcism has me, you know, I I keep hearing people talking about exercising people, and um, I don't, I know Jesus drove demons out of people. I know that's in the Bible, and I understand that. But that was a a simpler time, and Mm -hmm. quite possibly that process, Changed the people that that it happened to to the point where they 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 created a better environment inside of themselves, and it's it's kind of like a lot of things, you know. I'll I'll be convinced when I see something. Um, don't want to see a demon. I'm sure that someplace mm-hmm. they exist, but but 
But when it comes to something like this, I think it is inappropriate to say to somebody, I can heal you, I can get rid of what's inside of you, and you'll be whole and peaceful and beautiful again. I think that's that's um, not a not a not a good way to go because you're telling somebody I can take away your problem and you can't. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I'll support you while you work through this. Fine, absolutely. I'll help you recreate a different atmosphere inside of yourself. Absolutely fine. I'll give you tools to work with, absolutely. But to say I can wave a wand over you and get rid of something inside of you is inappropriate and irresponsible, in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's also the, the healer or whatever you want to call it, a facilitator. That's all it is. It's a facilitation maybe to help calibrate the uh, the person for a higher field of energy, integrate whatever it is in. But the, it is up to them. It is up to the person to, you know, whatever it needs to be resolved or transmuted alchemically has to be done within. And then, of course, everything else is more like a facilitation in the next level, in my opinion. So, yeah, um, I don't think there's a quick fix for anything in the illusion of space-time. I think that everybody goes through the journey, whether they handle it well or not, is up to them. And I've seen yeah. a lot of strange on this world, but we are in a very strange environment right now. This is a this is a very interesting timeline. I mean, there's so much happening simultaneously, and yet the cosmic design is really strong. I mean, the, the, what's happening in the universe right now and it's, and space-time is it's very much affecting here. Uh, even if there's mm-hmm. a political weird going on, there's something big out there happening that's affecting us as well. So, yeah, no, I think you make a good point about, uh, you know, people taking responsibility and, and not necessarily delegating to somebody who's going to be there with a magic wand. Yeah, <laughs> I tell people mm-hmm. my wand is Although in I the shop. Although I do like my wand. <laughs> I do like my wand. I, I have plenty of wands in the house. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're, they're great tools. But for many, a tool becomes a crutch, and a crutch is not a good thing. Oh, that's true. Well, the body is the instrument, but I do like nice, oh, yeah. interesting things. Yeah, there's no doubt. But there, there was also a a. Um, are, are you familiar with the seven rings? Is that in a chapter uh, over the, here, or? or? Yeah, yeah, the soul comes to uh, a sphere or ring that on death he goes through, and it's really interesting. I'm not sure about, I mean, it's a lovely concept. And, and you know, so. Okay. So, I kind so of see that chapter right now. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so on death, it, it ascends through the seven rings upon which sit seven governors and returns to each their lower powers. So, as this, this, I mean, this is allegorical, but it, it really makes sense. Um, upon the first ring sits the moon, and to it is returned the ability to increase and diminish. Upon the second ring sits Mercury, and to it are returned machinations, deceit, and craftiness. Upon the third ring sits Venus, and to it are returned the lusts and the passions. Upon the fourth ring sits the sun, and to this, Lord, are returned ambitions. Upon the fifth ring sits Mars, and to it are returned rashness and profane boldness. Upon the sixth ring sits Jupiter, and to it are returned the sense of accumulation and riches. And upon the seventh ring sits Saturn at the gate of chaos, and to it are returned falsehood and evil plotting. 
Then, being naked of all accumulations of the seven rings, the soul comes to the eighth sphere, namely the ring of the six stars. Here, freed from all illusion, it dwells in the light and sings praises to the Father in a voice which only the pure of spirit may understand. Behold, O Hermes, there is a great mystery in the eighth sphere, for the Milky Way is the seed ground of souls, and from it they drop into the rings, and to the Milky Way they return again from the wheels of Saturn. But some cannot climb the seven-ring bladder of the rings, so they wander in darkness below and are swept into eternity with the illusion of sense and earthiness. Hmm, that's beautiful, and it's so. In my opinion, that's very much accurate. That's when it comes down the Milky Way. Oh, oh yeah. I think that that it's very, very illustrative of what the spirit goes through as it mm-hmm. transitions from physical into etheric. And I would, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that, of course, there are seven rings, seven chakras. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the first thing that came to mind. Yep. <laughs> and and the, and that each each level is a level of density. And the etheric bodies, as they as they spread out from our bodies energetically, there are seven of them, and each energy is of a, a denser energy. As you go out, you know, with the, the different layers, it you bec- it becomes less and less and less physical, and more and more and more etheric. So, so there is an allegory here to, as you pass from physical into spirit. There are levels of density that you release and let go of. On each of these levels, you release different aspects of self that you have gathered, kind of like the garbage that you've gathered, your baggage. It's the baggage mm-hmm. yep. that you have carried through the lifetime. So that so that as you get to the the very very last ring, to the eighth sphere, to the eighth, the seventh sphere, the the eighth sphere, past the seventh ring, then you are. Pure spirit, pure, mm-hmm. as you were yeah. before you incarnated. So that so that it, it's it's a beautiful way of explaining what happens mm-hmm. after death. The, the 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 letting go of density, the releasing of those right. things that were in each of those different rings. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting because most of the time, while we're on this timeline or the illusion of the world, we should be working on dropping the density and, and fine-tuning the field and our energies so that the transition is a lot easier than uh, it could, you know, it could be a lot more harsh. As they were describing, you know, so they wander in darkness below and they're swept in eternity. I think the idea behind not making it in a sense of your frequency or vibration too much density can contribute to almost, almost like an earthbound spirit or by putting you in a different uh, configuration versus being in that full light energy. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that, what I love is the fact it says that they wander in darkness below and are swept into eternity with the illusion of sense and and earthiness. Um, see, that's where I see reincarnation happening uh, in, in some. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think we all reincarnate. Some of us on higher levels. Uh, some of us, some people of higher levels. I don't want to include myself in there because that's not appropriate. But but it's it's kind of like. For for instance, suicide. People who commit suicide are reincarnated immediately. They don't get to go down the tunnel, meet the happy people, you know, and and have, you know, play a while in the celestial rest home before they come back down. 
but they they come smack back because they don't get they don't get the release they haven't finished what they're here for and they need to come back and finish whatever it is and so it, it's it's different i don't think that souls wander in eternity i think they just have a longer trip that's all mhm right well, it I mean, seems like uh yeah if if they transfer out earlier to before their time then yeah i think the option is there and I think that you know there are those that say when when someone commits suicide they are earthbound. That means that they do um, they have to figure out how to come you know incarnate. I guess incarnation would be a good idea to uh, redo whatever they needed to do to resolve it. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know they're never going to get out. And what's interesting is that when they do um, say they do something like that, it's like they're stuck in a field until they decide to make a move. And usually that move is only uh, back here, so to speak, or or something similar. Yeah. Well, you you make an excellent point. It doesn't mean that the, the reincarnation happens on this plane. It it could be mm-hmm. in, in another dimension. It could be on another planet. Yep. I'm I'm walking. Right. I'm I'm kind of drifting away from, um. From from the fact that, you know, the Earth is the center of the universe. <laughs> that there are. Oh gosh, I hope not. <laughs> But no, plenty of places where we can go to evolve, and and I sure. know it's been said that Earth is the only place where souls physically manifest. But I don't think I buy that anymore. I think souls manifest oh, no. in lots of different places. I agree. We come from the stars. No, I I just don't buy that at all. But there's no, yeah, we go anywhere. I think, in my opinion, that it's uh, we can go anywhere. But you have to know how to traverse yeah, the galactic highway. And I think this is one of the things with his works. It, it's speaking to the initiate on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you need to be a big initiative of some kind of a secret society. It just means that you're initiated into the cosmos. You have a relationship with creation and understand multidimensional fields and, and how the universe works. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I, and there's another paragraph. It's just so cool. It, it, it's something that mm-hmm. Hermes preached which, of course, is Toth, um, Tahuti or Toth, or however you want to pronounce it. Um, O people of earth, men born and made of the elements, but with the spirit of the divine man within you, rise from your sleep of ignorance. Be sober and thoughtful. Realize that your home is not in the earth, but in the light. Why have you delivered yourselves over unto death, having the power to partake of immortality? Repent and change your minds. Depart from the dark light and forsake corruption forever. Prepare yourselves to climb through the seven rings and to blend your souls with the eternal light. Change your minds. Yes, um, beautifully said. And and what 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 I love here is change your minds this is an intellectual process that it's 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 one of the it's it's a place where spirit and intellect work together to create the pathway for immortality mhm absolutely and that applies right now because people are surrendering into death and darkness in my opinion and this is about immortality choosing that path choosing the higher and path fear. and fear and fear yeah. and i i think I think what we've seen in humanity of late is a great deal of fear, and it's, you know, people call them false flags. I call it, you know, fear, stirring up fear. 
making people so frightened that they close down and they don't right. think. And and um, it's it's happened over the last year and a half. I I foresee it going on for at least another year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying. Well, there are fear mongers out there. They're constantly yeah. confusing, and and with especially the pandemic, you never know what to believe. There's so much going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and mm-hmm. I, the you know, there. <laughs> it is, and you know, we all bought into it. We all spent a year isolated, and um, I, somebody said that, that you know they were going to try to close us down again come in the fall. I don't believe that will happen. Know. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because I think most people will probably not tolerate it. Plus, there's some other things happening, in my opinion, that might intercept that, cosmically speaking. But, yeah, I think they're trying. You know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And if they're about control and manipulation and just keeping people in a stasis for control, you know, mechanisms and purposes, I think you'll find that going on. But, you know, the points that we're making here tonight are very significant because it is about that and coming uh, out of the darkness into the light in a sense of transmuting, but, but becoming that immortal being we are. You know, we're, you have to, at some point have to have faith in your own divinity and have faith in who you are as a multidimensional being, your capabilities, how we can heal our bodies. I mean, we've talked about this before, but to live in that, that aspect of fear, which is such a block, it's, it's just so much inertia around that. It's, it's not productive in any form. No, it's not. And, and you know, I, I've, um, I've been accused of being a Pollyanna, and um, I, I think I'll embrace it. <laughs> oh, Yeah. No, if somebody loses their job, I say congratulations. Now you can get on to what you're really meant to do. Well, that's um, true. You're right. So you know, yes, it's Pollyanna, and you know, I. It, it to me, um, I think one of the important things in life is, of course, light, and love, and laughter. Mm-hmm. And you know, with that trinity, that trinity, I'm fully in, in favor of love, light, and laughter. If you can get those three qualities working in your life, your life will be blissful. And I don't care where you are, who you are, whatever. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the light and, and of course, you know, light workers, light bearers, light whatevers. Um, People talk about the light, but I don't think they really understand what the light is. It's enlightenment. It's seeing truth for where it is. It's understanding that, that, you know, the pathway that you're on and the reason that you're on it and all of the wonderful things that have been lined up for you, this lifetime is a learning situation, but it doesn't have to be painful. And exactly. Unless you, unless you choose to, and if, if pain is your thing, go for it. But but not, I think most of, most of what happens to most people and this is just my philosophy, but it, when somebody is in a mess and, and nothing is working for them in their lives, then then they need to kind of isolate themselves and, and, and get a hold of themselves and start loving themselves because usually when, when all hell is breaking loose and if you feel you know like the world is against you, the reason of that is that you don't love yourself. And mm-hmm. if you love yourself enough, I mean, so many people look for other people to love them so their life is complete, and that doesn't work. So that, you right. know, sooner or later it falls apart. Codependent. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like a lifeline. I mean, it's great to have a relationship, even in partnerships, but you need to be independently in that harmonic. Absolutely. And following your dream and following your bliss Mm -hmm. and not relying on other people to to make choices for you or or whatever. So, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but, but what's happening today is that we are not being given the chance to spend working on ourselves because we are so frightened by everything that's going on around us. Mm-hmm. And, right, that's, that's not know, by accident either. No. And and basically, what, the biggest threat they can hold over us is death, and that's what they've been doing. Right, and but they're pushing the it almost is, like a death cult, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, to cut you off, sorry. But, but the idea behind that is when we're ready to transit, we go, but it's through through the full light universe, it's through the harmonics and, and what we were describing here, so it's almost like an ascension process to some degree, not through fear, not through the not through the stasis of control mechanisms, because they have to um, people have to understand what they're capable of, and and with this programming that's going on, I don't think they realize what they can do to heal their own bodies and, and their own state of consciousness. And most of illness comes into the etheric, starts in the aura, the body, um, the electromagnetic field, and then permeates in. So I know I'm digressing. Sorry about that, but you know. No, that's my... that's true, and you know um, it's. It's very true that nobody has an expiration date stamped on their foot. We cross over when when we're supposed to. And in times of war, when when thousands die, that's, you know, that that was their choices. And, you know, um, no mother wants to hear that. And I wouldn't if my son suddenly, you know, got shot or killed or whatever, but but the bottom line is nobody dies before their time. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And and you look at 9-11, 3,000 people died that day. But their contracts were up. And that's how they chose to go out. Now, it was used as a false flag and, and you know all sorts of political stuff that goes into it. But all of those people mm-hmm. probably would have died in one way or another on that day, no matter where they were. Nothing mm-hmm. happens by accident. So oh, I agree with that. So that it's definitely a plan. So that, you know, you even, you know, nah, I'm not even going to go there. But, but, but the reality here is that, that I don't know what the numbers of people that normally pass away for, from the flu in a, in a single year. I do know that Nothing all of like the numbers. Not, not, I do know that all of the numbers that we've been seeing have been so, certainly inflated. People dying of gunshot wounds were chalked off as you know pandemic. So we we've been lied to. So I don't know. But I do believe that that there have been flus, there have been plagues, you know, throughout all of time that have taken out people. And it was appropriate and, and that's that's what was meant to be. And and if a member of my family had gone, I would be I would feel terribly cheated. I would I would be I would be mourning. There's no doubt about it. But if you step back and look at it spiritually, it was the contract, it was the time and they went. Well, there's preparation involved for those transitions. And what I've seen, I've seen it a little bit differently with my analysis from, from this world for the past year and a half, is 
that their deaths were expedited. In other words, it really wasn't a contract per se, maybe not the way you think. And when people start pushing people into an early death, they're creating an entanglement program with the space time, and that's going to create some problems uh, for the people who transferred out and for the people who are pushing it. So that's just my analysis. Um, but I, I don't know if it's all just about, oh, yeah, their contract's up and it's time for them to go. I think there's some other things that are pushing that. It's kind of like somebody there dangling, um, playing the angel of death when they're not the angel of death, the imposters. Uh-huh. And that, that they can get into trouble with that, and people do it. Uh, but I, I think you have a point, though, also, that sometimes it is your time. But then there's other times where, you know, we could have been – I know that I almost died several times and, and spirit kept me here, right? So my, my obviously wasn't time for me to go, or was it? And somebody intercepted. Who knows? But my point is that who knows how it, you know, it can always be changed around and, and converted in different ways. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. But I think what, and and I know that those people who are responsible or who have greased the way for something like this to happen, karmically are going to pay for it in one way or another at one time or another as time goes on. Oh, sure. I I know there's a balance in the universe. No free I've shot. seen yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah, there's no free so the, shot. I always love to say that. No, no. <laughs> so 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 it's it's kind of like, you know, you see people that are that appear to be getting away with something. They're not. It's going to come back and bite them in 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 the rear end um at some point in time. Now, it may not be this lifetime. But there will be a time when that balance is struck on a spiritual level. It's just it's mm-hmm. just the way it goes, and and you know it, it's sort of like you know, at, at one time I, I really joked a lot about I'm I'm done with karmic debt. I want to roll it all over to next lifetime. I'll never know what hit me. So I, you know, <laughs> give me <laughs> give I'll me a break. <laughs> I don't want amnesia. <laughs> Well, and the reality is, you know, I won't know where it came from. I mean, I, and and at at that particular point, it felt as though I had had a lot of karmic debt, and it was just I was done. Um, mm-hmm. But but uh, obviously, it can't work because I tried it, and I still have karmic debt hitting me. So <laughs> I think you have good karma. I would say. Oh. Uh, listen, I I absolutely agree with you. I I have mm-hmm. a blessed life, and you know where there's a struggle here or there, it's only because there's a lesson there, and I try to pick it up as fast as I can. But mm-hmm. no, I would say, um, I am so grateful for everything that has happened to me that has gotten me to this point in time. I don't want to repeat it, and there are people I will not write thank you letters to, but. Um, <laughs> Definitely, I'm not evolved enough to write thank you letters. That'll have to come at another lifetime. Not even a virtual but, letter. <laughs> no, no, I won't even think it. Right? I, I'm oh, going to hold right. grudges here and then for a while, but um, not totally. You know, it's just I have I have learned, and I have seen it in action, that instead of getting even, if you step back. Do nothing and say nothing. The universe is amazing with what it can do. I agree. Um, yep. My best, my best example is I had uh, there, there was a when I was at the Renaissance Festival. One of the other psychics um, had been abused by her father sexually when she was in the crib, oh. and at at the age of 
40, after much, much therapy of all sorts, she wrote him a letter that told him exactly how he had ruined her life, exactly how she hated him. You know, she really, she let it rip. And Mm -hmm. um, I saw the letter and I said, do me a favor. And she said, sure. I said, don't mail this. Hold on to it for at least a month, if not two. And if at the end of two months you still want to send it, send it. But, you know, it, it's going to emotionally sting him but won't really hurt him. And it feels like you're you're trying to get even. And I think the universe has something more in store. A month later, mm-hmm. her father came down with prostate cancer and oh, wow. died painfully and died painfully of prostate cancer. And mm-hmm. she... Uh, the next time I saw her, she gave me the letter. She said, we're going to burn this together. She said, the universe did a much better job than this letter ever could have. Yeah, Madam Karma. Yeah. Well, she almost petitioned the universe by writing it. And that's another thing. That's almost like a ritual, even though she didn't really perform it as such. But putting it into the ethers uh-huh. in general, even if she didn't deliver it, it went out there. and It was sent. It was petitioned to the cosmos, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I agree with you there. But I also think that instead of you know hurting his feelings, um, the universe took care of balancing the scale. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so yeah, she did that, a good job, Madam Karma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 does happen. So, so mm. you know, there are times when when you know I have been wronged, and much as I can think of lots of vicious ways to tell someone off or get even or whatever, it's I remember. I remember that, and I think, you know, if I just keep quiet, if I just back off, the universe will take care of this, and mm-hmm. there will be a higher justice that is served than than what my ego could do. And if I get in the way of that, you know, it might not be delivered. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, personal it, will it, versus it, universal it, law, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> that old that old saying of want and need. You know, I want mm-hmm. to get even. I don't need to get even. The universe will take right. care of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I sometimes, give it to the universe. Yeah. So, well, yeah, but sometimes you really want to get a good zinger in before you move well, on. <laughs> I'm pretty fierce, you know. I'm a warrior spirit sometimes too. You know, with that fire Aries. So definitely, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> the combat's my well, thing. Yeah. You know. Even though I don't like yeah. it, I can be that warrior. There's no doubt about it. Well, yours is more for protection rather than attack, though. Yeah, definitely. More like the Valkyrie, yeah. Yeah. So, so, and, and, so I, it feels to me that, that, um, you know, being, that, that's another thing that, that I think most people have to understand. It's okay to defend yourself. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's appropriate. But um, oh, absolutely! You know, not necessarily ambush and attack. That <laughs> no, maybe not. Although it might feel good sometimes. Someone, I mean, right? Someone who taught martial arts, I can tell you, yes, protecting and shielding yourself and, and situation awareness is always good. Body, mind, spirit together. Oh, absolutely! I think it's, um, I think it's appropriate to defend yourself but not go on the attack and to let the universe take care of what's appropriate. And, you know, frankly, 
um, sometimes when, I, I can only speak for myself, when I get hurt feelings, it's my ego that wants revenge, not my spirit. And mm-hmm. when I become aware of the fact that it's my ego that has been bruised, you know, my ego, you know, my ego heals well. You know, a Band-Aid here, a Band-Aid there, it'll heal. But my spirit, you know, it's it's like my spirit is kind of like, for heaven's sakes, move on, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, and the spirit is so, it's a pure energy, pure light, so... Yeah, there's no contamination there, in my opinion. It's more like an atmospheric condition on a lot of different levels, too. People just tend to absorb too much drama, and then they they utilize it differently. Some people channel it properly. Mm-hmm. Other people don't. And I think that this, you know, dialing back into this particular piece of work, which is phenomenal, it's really what he's showing us is, is the answer is all within the, the unseen worlds of the cosmos and, and being uh, calibrated to that field of energy in our state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Which makes well, all the difference think, in the world how you live. Oh, absolutely. I, I love to um, one of the last paragraphs. This um, it's it's about the vision, the vision of. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the sleep of the body is the sober watchfulness of the mind, and the shutting of my eyes reveals the true light. My silence is filled with budding life and hope, and is full of good. My words are the blossoms of fruit of the tree of my soul. For this is the faithful account of what I receive from my true mind that is uh, Poimandris, the great dragon, the lord of the word, through whom I became inspired by God with truth. Since that day my mind has been ever with me and my own soul it hath given birth to the word. The word is reason and reason hath redeemed me, for which cause, with all my soul and all my strength, I give praise and blessings to God the Father, the life and the light, and the eternal good. So this goes back thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And when you get that kind of wisdom from thousands of years ago, um, that kind of material has been taken up and utilized by major religions throughout time. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I think possibly going back to the source of the wisdom as opposed to what what a see re- religions to me have become corporations. Yep. And so th- so they're no longer serving the soul, but they're serving themselves. Exactly. So if you so if you go back to the source, if you go back to reason, if you go back to the mind, if you go back to utilizing the tools that you've you've been given throughout time, um, it 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 makes for a better life and a more positive journey through time. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. And and that's I think you know the message here. I I really. Was it, I let's see. Hermes asked if all men did not have minds, and the great dragon replied, "The great dragon being, of course, God. Take heed in what you say, for I am the mind, the eternal teacher. I am the father of the word, the redeemer of all men. And in the nature of the wise, the word takes flesh. By means the word, the world is saved. I thought, I uh, taught, 
the Father of the Word, the mind, come only unto men that are holy and good, pure and merciful, and that live piously and and religiously, and my presence is an inspiration and a help to them. For when I come, they immediately know all things and adore the universal Father. Before such wise and philosophic ones die, they learn to renounce their senses, knowing that these are the enemies of their immortal souls. Interesting, that's that that thought to renounce mm-hmm. their senses how are they how, mm-hmm. how are they enemies of the immortal soul how are our senses the enemy is it that they right. they keep us grounded what is it mhm right that's interesting well it's how you perceive your own environmental condition i i suppose yeah i you know the soul is eternal the soul is etheric and and so you, you're having Toth speaking of, you know, he's the father of the word, and yet that is not the head honcho. Mm-hmm. So, so, that, so that there is an energy above him, I guess is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. So that, so that, you know, so, so the Father of the Word, the Redeemer of all men, and the nature of the wise, the Word takes flesh. So instead of in the beginning there was the Word and the Word was God, mm-hmm. this is a different word, I guess, huh? Thought? It certainly is close, isn't it, though? My goodness. It's yeah. basically manifestation through thought. So you're speaking, you're communicating the Word. The Word is an amplification of frequency, a sounding, so to speak. It creates an environmental atmosphere whether it's through the ethers or whatever dimension. So, you know, once again, it's all that alchemy through words and consciousness and the projection of the mind, in my opinion, anyway. Well, that's how I read it. But, yeah. Well, I think, And this is know, interesting. Somebody, oh, go ahead. Somebody, somebody once said to me that words do not begin to live until they are spoken. Agreed. You can think that. I think they have power when you're meditating, but when you're projecting your voice and you're sounding through your tonal, I think that makes a whole uh-huh. whole different thing happen. Personally. Absolutely. I think that's why well, they try to shut of, everybody down. You know. Go ahead. It's kind of like a thought. A thought is right. wonderful inside your head, but until you write it down and and um, engrave it into the phys- physical reality, it doesn't begin to work. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's pretty powerful. It certainly does mirror a lot of religions, though, but but without the the spin. It's really nice yeah. to see. Uh, you know, I I had no idea there was this much material here. Oh, I know. And it's in-depth. I mean, like I said, there's so many layers to it that, once again, it's just like the other book we were reading with the, uh, the Halls of Amentite. There's so many levels that you really have to, like, triple look at so many different things. Very, very powerful. Very powerful information. Uh, it's very healing, too. Once again, it's that same energetic, but it's the same frequency uh-huh. of the same being. Oh yeah. When you think about it. Okay, so I just here. like the Hermes. So go ahead. Yeah, the, the Hermes asked how the righteous and wise pass to God, and this person replied, "That which the Word of God said, say I, because the Father of all things consists of love and light, whereof whereof man is made." If therefore a man shall learn and understand the nature of the nature of life and love, no, 
of love and light, then he pa- then he shall pass into the eternity of life and light. So you have mm-hmm. to learn about it in order to embrace it, become it, and pass into it. Right. Yeah, it's like an initiation mm. to some degree. It is. It is. It says here now, then Hermes desired to know why men should be deprived of immortality for the sin of ignorance alone. And the great dragon said, to the ignorant the body is supreme and they are incapable of realizing the immortality that is written that is within them. To the ignorant the body is supreme and they are incapable of realizing the immortality that is within them, knowing only the body which is subject to death. They believe in death because they worship that substance, which is the cause and the reality of death. Mm-hmm. Manifestation of thought, yeah. So they believe it, therefore it is. Yeah. Cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting because when I look at these timelines and everything that we've looked at through history, words have been hijacked. I know we've talked about this before, but words, belief systems, uh, terminology gets hijacked and redirected when, in fact, it's meant for something else and sometimes it gets diverted into a different type of uh, an agenda, so to speak. And I think that's uh, where the contamination comes through with ritual and mystery schools. Uh-huh. This is another good quote here. He who through the error of attachment loves his body abides wandering in darkness, sensible and suffering the things of death. But he who realizes that the body is but the tomb of his soul rises to immortality. Yeah, I like that. Very beautiful. Me? Me and right too. on. This is good stuff. <laughs> It's just so profound on so many different levels. Well, you know, I think, um, frankly, if anybody is going to read this book or read this material, I think they should do it in a group because, frankly, Mm -hmm. I get more out of it talking with you about it than, you know, when I just skimmed through it because it does, does, I mean, I love the body is but the tomb of the soul. Mm, I mean, that's beautiful. Poetic. Yeah, very poetic. Well, it's interesting, too. This is why, you know, the Masons used to use it for studies. You can see why now. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know. I think, <laughs> I for, forget forget where I read it, but I, I think I think it was said in the Emerald Tablets that Doral, the material Doral wrote, something about letting go the prison of the body, that, that the body was really a prison for the spirit. I, I, call, mm-hmm. I call it the spirit. They call it the soul, but same same thing that that the body is just an avatar it's just a it's 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 something we travel in but it's not it's not us it's Mm -hmm. the spirit is is that's inside is us and and so you know it's 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 kind of like you know when your car dies you get a new one when your body wears out you get a new one you 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 know you don't go to a used mm-hmm. a used body lot, but you know. Yeah, no reanimated corpses for me. No thanks. <laughs> nah, Franken Franken booze. <laughs> but yeah, you no, know, that, it's that, funny. That... Um, you're right. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. This is your show. <laughs> no, it's just, no, it's our show. <laughs> no, I was just thinking. Okay. though, um, you're talking about avatars. I think that's very true. At the same time, there's the aspect of of light body, building up light body, so you're radiating that energetic 
<clears throat> excuse me, through the body and, and amplifying it through the field, which is calibrating it to multidimensional space. So you're transmuting your body alchemically and you're moving to the next level through Merkava. So you actually can transmute the body itself into a light being where you can walk through worlds and still keep your body. But that's another aspect of initiation in mystery schools. But I tend to uh, factor that in as well. And I think some of that Halls of Amente was, was really um, diverting people into that in the sense of showing them the passage, how to get there, how to go into those worlds. But, you know, we also talked about how he was in a stasis and then he was kind of projecting himself into different dimensions and, and projecting, but he was always anchored within here and then uh-huh. coming back. So I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, no, that that definitely was, you know, that was that was out of body travel for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I love adventures and, like that. That's that's liberating. Oh my god, yeah. No, he, I wouldn't that, want to come back was, if I keep going that far. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, in that particular instance, he was able to travel the stars, and I, I think it's something we're all capable of, but it's sort of like I don't know that we have the the owner's manual to be able to quite do all of that. I know we can dimensionally shift. I know that there are overlaps of timelines where we can often see other timelines and and I do believe that 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 there are multi dimensions that that can be shifted into at will and and you know that that all is really exciting um I'd rather I, I'd like to be able to do it with my body, but if my body is here and safe, then my spirit is is absolutely free to roam. And um, it, it, it's it's when I have done um, out of body work, sometimes I forget that I actually am still connected to my body, and I think my body's mm-hmm. with me. So that you know, it does get a little scary sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. It is a nice feeling, though. I like to astral project quite a bit and liberating. Well, you know, at least, you, you know, you can navigate when it's time for you to go and say, thank you, body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think I think that, you know, I, at, at, at my age, I would I would trade in for a new one, but don't want to start from yeah, scratch again. Yeah, you can make, well, yeah. in my opinion, I'm a firm believer that we exist multidimensionally. In other words, we have this suit here. We exist in multidimensional space simultaneously, and with that comes another form or an aspect of us in another field, and it could be very much close to this one. So I look at it like that as well. It is. It is a fascinating concept, and and you know mm-hmm. certainly past lives and future lives um, intrigue me greatly. It's sort of like, you know, next time, what can I sign up for? <laughs> oh, I'm not coming back here. I think we discussed that. I'm going beyond the galactic center, and I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> I, I'm sure you are. I, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, I, I think that, you know, when you when you look at the journey that we've been on for so many thousands, millions of years, um, and and you know the the road is it's it's eternal. So that, um, you know, at some point we get to a point where I, I think we do transcend into another form of consciousness than we have right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I certainly need a lot of work in many areas, so I'm pretty sure I've got a lot of lifetimes left to come. And and to be honest with you, I'm having a great time down here now. So um, Sounds like this it. lifetime, 
Yeah, I really, I, I really do enjoy okay. myself, and I, so that, so that, um, no, I like watching the evolution of humanity, and I, I don't like what I see at this moment in time, but, but obviously there is a shift that is happening consciously within all of the planet, and it's how do, how are people, how, how are they dealing with this shift? What is going on within? individuals that you know you you kind of look around and it's almost as though i'm waiting for an explosion and well, you know, i'm not talking at it. yeah no i'm not <laughs> looking for an atom bomb or anything like that but but i am looking for um don't you feel like you're waiting for a gun to go off of some sort oh sure yeah no there's definitely major collisions happening i call it world collision kind of like the Lukowski, i guess but yeah definitely different uh, configurations colliding at once and I'm looking at space-time, and, and people aren't handling the energies well. They're not handling, I think it has a lot to do with what's happened this past year, uh, self-isolation, and you made a good point earlier about the self-love. That's a huge deal. But also connecting with others. You know, I, when you were mentioning things, we were talking about transitions and this and that, I always come to mind, what comes to mind is people I love, uh, people I've known here, people I've met, even people that I never thought I would ever meet, even you. I mean, I meet beings on this timeline. I don't know what the chances are that we were supposed to connect, and, and just like many, many others, here, it's almost like constellations, like we form like constellations and we show up as whether it's star beings, whether it's to communicate data or whatever. But to me, that's a sacred moment. And when I look at everything I've done here or what I've done here to just be at the moment or on the moment on the timeline, I think love and just communicating with others has been a really big deal. And and looking at people oh. and respecting those who have moved on because they don't come back the same. And I don't know if I'll ever see them again the same. You know, so that, that comes to mind. And I'm talking about people I love, like, you know, close family. That moved on. Uh-huh. Well, there is a theory that we reincarnate in soul families. So, um, of course, if you're not coming back, that'll be hard. But maybe they'll be. Well, they're not coming back. <laughs> maybe they're not coming back either. Maybe they said, you know, we're kind of had it with this area. I think we're going to move to another one. Unless they get it together and get super advanced. But I think the whole place needs to be cleansed. Yeah, I look at it like, look at the psychic imprints. You know how it is with psychic imprinting. And think about all the centuries of all this data. And some of it hasn't been very good that's been imprinting this world for a very long time. It needs to be transmuted alchemically, in my opinion. Well, interesting that you said that, because I have been noticing of late, probably within the last month, um, a change in energetic a change in, um, I think that the downloads that we're getting are incredible. Um, I've had people calling me, we're having weird dreams. I've had a couple myself. Um, and and it's almost as though there's a, an immediacy, there's an urgency, there's a push. And and I'm, I just feel like... Um, there is a shift coming, and it's a consciousness shift. And, and I'm not really sure what direction it's going. All I know is there's a shift coming, and it's important for people for people to be able to be anchors for those who don't have anchors. I would consider mm-hmm. you an anchor. I would consider me an anchor. Um, but I don't know what we're anchoring for. Very interesting. Are you talking anchoring light, like a beacon and a pillar to anchor on? Anchor the cosmic energies onto this world, or more for Could people be. as a stabilizer. Well, 
I, I think it's both. I think there is an awakening coming. I think that there are people who have been intellectually on a spiritual journey, you know, spiritually on a spiritual journey too, but intellectually as well, that where once this kind of a journey was considered quote-unquote woo-woo stuff, it no longer is. Um, Major religions are accepting it to, to a greater extent. And... And it feels to me as though people are falling away from traditional dogma and looking for other aspects of enlightenment mm-hmm. and, and, and spiritual and spiritual sustenance. You know, it's it's um, it's it's not it's not it, it's it's finding something within themselves that they didn't know was there and helping. So so with the shifts and changes that I see happening putting material out there like we are doing now is part of being that anchor of saying, Mm -hmm. look, there's material out there. Look, there's another philosophy here. Look, there's another way to go. And, and, you know, we've, we've, we've hit a lot of different ways and, and we will continue to as we go along. But, but the reality here is there has to, there has to be intelligent, stable, information out there as opposed to um, fly-by-night things that promise everything and give you nothing. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's interesting that we've been covering a lot of the, the soul's material and, and with Manly P. Hall because he is, in my opinion, he was an anchor. He was someone who really did set the, the, the blueprint, so to speak, if you follow it in a sense of uh, being able to, to follow that path on the you know, enlightenment. It's one that I find wow. very interesting to communicate about. Well, and you know when when you you said you wanted to do Neon Twilight, and you know you weren't exactly sure where you wanted to take it, and we we started in with the Emerald Tablets and stuff, and I it, to me it makes perfect sense to get some of this this wonderful material from antiquity that isn't clouded by dogma, and put yeah. it out there so people understand that there are other ways to find. Um, peace and happiness and light and joy and 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 the expression of the joy that you carry within with the Creator, the Divine, and and that sometimes the term God doesn't doesn't fit the concept of the Source or the Divine. Mm-hmm. So that so that there is you know there are mul- there's a hierarchy here, and we have created the hierarchy, and and. In, in many ways, and, and let me put it out here, I haven't talked with Solaris about this, so um, I will say that this is my philosophy and this is what I'm coming to really um, feel like. I do believe all of humanity has created a, has become a cargo cult for the word God. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Oh, Okay. Yeah, well, I think you're right. And you want to explain to them what the cargo cult is? Well, to me, it just seems like it's overused, but has no it has no foundation in a sense it's been hijacked. The word, like I was saying earlier, it may not be the same description you have, but in my opinion, the word God had it has it loses its meaning when it's being used kind of uh, generically in a sense, and not with the state of consciousness it's supposed to be used with. 
But that's how I see it. I don't know if I'm interpolating it the same way you would. Well, I think probably. I think, and, and Cargo Cult uh, was created in World War II in Patagonia where where the U.S. Um, went to a particular island in Patagonia and, and created an airstrip and, and flew in all sorts of amazing food and stuff for the natives, and they had never seen planes, and they had never seen a lot of the material that, that, that you know, that w- were gifted to them by the by the army and then of course after the war the army left and they missed the planes and so they created a cargo cult where they 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 created planes that looked looked like you know the cargo planes that that came and they worshiped them hoping that they would come back and give them the gifts that they had given before and you okay, know so I, I wasn't on base at all with this <laughs> Well, well, in a way you were, because I do believe that the term God has now become hackneyed, whether you put yeah. a capital G with it or not, that 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 we're looking at, you know, if you're looking at the biblical one, which has the, the bad God in the Old Testament and the good God in the New Testament, I, I to me, that is not the source of creation. That is a part of a religious dogma that humanity created to to give them something to look at and pray to so that they could ask for help from beyond and and in doing that they negated out the fact that that god was within them and that that's where they should have gone to for their source and then that quote-unquote god um became a corporation that decided to control the masses Mm -hmm. and so 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 in a way religions became a cult. Yeah, definitely. And they are corporations oh. like you mentioned earlier. No doubt about that. Which is a shame because like I said, it loses its potency. Spirit I like to use spirit or source creation. Um but you know, I it's not like I don't like the terminology God, but it has been bastardized to such a degree it's unfortunate. And people don't don't understand the message anymore. I don't think they ever got the message, quite honestly. It was it was diverted before they could even get their hands on it. It reminds me of I've always mentioned King Arthur and the Holy Grail because I always love that analogy of just mm-hmm. drinking from the Grail of Spirit, drinking the Holy Spirit, whatever, the Shekinah, life force, whatever, to, to build your life force and, and realize how empty people's lives are until they get connected to that creator source energetic, which is really divine. And I think that's a good analogy in a sense of seeking and acquiring that type of energy to, to help them evolve and ascend into their own divinity. And being part of co-creation, I mean, we are co-creators even if we don't acknowledge it. Oh yeah, and, and I, I mean, I like it, where we come from. I, I wish that they would teach the language of the stars. Quite honestly, I don't think they do. So we try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, he it's it, it's it's so interesting to see where all of this is taking all of us, and you know, we're on a, an incredible ride, and in many ways. I, it feels to me that 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 we've become deluded by 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 what people are telling us are the truth and not not really looking for what the actual truth is and and at this point in time, I have to be honest with you, I don't trust anything because that's okay it well it it appears that that the 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 word truth no longer exists out there in 
in uh, a political system anyhow. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's sort of like I've turned off radio stations. I've turned off. I don't read newspapers Mark, anymore. I just keep. I don't know. either. <laughs> I'm, but I, I'm trying. Is different though. You have the gnosis, so you don't need them. And it's true. There's so much polluted data that you can't even utilize it. It's like like a computer input output. It's all garbage. So you can't use it in your computer system, which is your brain. So. Yeah. No, that's it's 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 really getting to the point where. I even look at how old material is that I read to decide whether or not I want a, you know, garbage in, garbage out thing here. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I'm going more towards Manly P. Hall material. I'm, I'm looking at, at, at material that, that, you know, has been around for a longer period of time because it, it holds for me a greater richness um, in many ways than um, some of the new new philosophies, new new thoughts that are out there. Um, I agree. And they just regurgitate uh, a lot, too. I mean, not, not to poo-hoo on authors, but they, there's a lot of regurgitation. It's cookie-cutter, copy-and-paste, uh, the same message but maybe converted in a different formula. And whether that's done on purpose or it's done by accident, I'm not, I'm not saying they're all bad, but I would say this is organically raw spiritual energy and information, in my opinion, and I like that. Uh-huh. Well, I think, I think the one thing that... <clears throat> You know, in my spare time, if I can figure out where it is, I really want to draw up a, a chart because the story of the Bible, the story of the Old Testament, Jesus, and, and, his, and the New Testament, um, it it has been a story that's been told over and over and over through time. And I, I, I want to investigate a lot of the old, the Greek and the Roman and the Sumerian and the Arcadians, there are there are similar stories that go towards, you know, virgin birth, twelve apostles, crucified, mm-hmm. comes back to life. And and I want to draw up a chart because this is not a singular story. This is a story that has been told over again and again and, and, and again and again and again throughout time. Right, and, right back to Osiris uh, and Egypt and oh yeah, absolutely that absolutely that that is totally um, the Egyptians and the, and the Sumerians before them and the Akkadians as well and the Coptics I mean the Coptic Egyptians I mean this is a story that that is not unique unto the time frame. So is it a story of reality or is it the repeat of a story that bases a religion on? And don't get me wrong, I believe Jesus exists. I mean, I believe he was a wise man and a wise teacher, a phenomenal person. And the son of God, the same way we're daughters of God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but... but um, I think it's important that people understand that that we are repeating history over and over and over and over again. Yeah. We're repeating history in in how our culture is going. Uh, we're repeating history in the way that we are evolving as far as a um, the United States as a country. Um, we are re- repeating history, and you know those there's a. There's a saying out there. I, I don't know who said it. it uh, it's not original to me, but it, it's you know, 
if you don't pay attention to history, you are doomed to repeat it. And I right. feel we true. are. Re- I feel we are repeating history here. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's why I say break the cycle, break the spell, and, and uh, you know change the paradigm. Because it is. It's almost like it's inverted. It's almost like it's just going backwards. Everything is going backwards. I, I don't care for that because I'm more of a forward kind of thing. But I see it. I see the repetition. I see the programming. And I think that's where all this, remember I talk about the kind of the data codes, if you were to describe it on this world where everything needs to be transmuted alchemically because we just keep going in the same program we've had. It's almost like an entrainment program over and over and over again. And, and even copycat information connected to mythology or metaphors connected to mystery schools that get diverted into religions, all of this, you know, all of this is the same program running over and over again, yeah. So I think it needs to come to some kind of a conclusion, shall we say, maybe a transmutation of some kind. That'd be nice. (laughs) Because I I, I don't like looping programs. I don't. Well, no, I don't either. And, you know, it's it's very much like, you know, how uh, when we get a lesson and we don't learn it, it repeats itself to us. And, Mm -hmm. and, so my feeling is this is another one of those I don't want to write a thank you note, you know, for the lesson, but let's 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 get it over with and get on to what you know whatever the next lesson is because this one sucks, and mm-hmm. and and it's just it it's sort of like it it just feels like we are repeating history, and I don't know if we're on our way to uh, a conflagration of some sort. I don't think so. I don't think that we're going to sink into that. I don't. I don't feel that there are going to be, you know, atomic bombs going off or anything like that. But, but, in places where there has been war for centuries, it's it's picking up again. It's kind of mm-hmm. yeah. Let's go back to fighting. You know, we, we're familiar with fighting. Let's fight over the yeah. Holy Land. We've done it for you know thousands of years. Let's let's keep it up because we're familiar with that. It's That's, a program. You know yeah, exactly. They just keep and, running a program, and, and even in their own heads. So go ahead. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this country is so new, it's, it's only a couple hundred years old. And, 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 and my feeling is um, if we don't do major changes, this country won't survive. No, it's not. I think they're designing it to actually implode, to be honest with you. I think that was their plan all along, and, and it's uh, – it seems like it's gone through a really dark spiral the past few months, you know, observing it just as a spy bird. I can tell you I'm not real um, real happy with what's happening here in this world, in this country, and it's very concerning. You know, I was thinking about war games, too, in that movie where the only way um, to win the game is not to play. Sometimes it's like that, you know, I just can't get involved yeah. or entangled. You've got to look from a higher parallel, a higher state of consciousness in order to change things. Um, I think that has some power to it. Well, I I agree, and the thing is, what changes do you make? I mean, you know, what are the alternatives? Um, If this country fails, does it become Canada? Does it become Mexico? Does it is it split up into small countries like over in Europe? Um, I think it becomes the UN. I think it becomes an extension of the United Nations, EU. That's what I think. Really. Yep. Oh, I think that's what they had a lot in their heads all along. That's just what I see. I know some people think it's more about China and this and that, but I think there, in my opinion, the driving force behind this is the United Nations. Well, you know, they change the game with everything. They're talking about a one world this and a one world that, but mm-hmm. but, um, who controls the one world? I mean, 
what is the one world? Is it is it a unity of some sort, or see see I don't I don't trust the UN. <laughs> oh no, I don't either. This is what I mean by no. We don't need that, and it's not extraterrestrial that we'll be running the game board here. This is, in my opinion, it's more about corporate control and the people who have a lot of money to pull the shots and call the shots here to create the illusion and delusion of the, the little God syndrome where they're controlling everything here, right down to our power supply. So I, I think it can get very nefarious, but I also see the bigger concepts behind. Remember we talked about Madam Karma, universal law, universal code, which they violated a billion fold. I think that's coming uh-huh. in. And whatever you're foreseeing in your own psychic radar is possibly connected to that, a big, a big uh, transitional intercept, so to speak. I think some other stuff will be happening, but... I don't like where we're heading right now, and I don't know about you, but I have felt energetically that there is this almost like a, a, a an acidic energetic in the atmosphere. I mean, I, it's like beyond radiation and microwaves. It's just strange. It's really, uh-huh. really weird. And that's just you know outside my perimeter, environmental. Well, well, the 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 yes, I feel what you do, and what what's interesting is it's not a spiritual energy. No, it's psychological. Yeah, it, it's all, yeah, it's it's cold and it's and it reminds me, <laughs> sort of, of the Borg. You got it. Five points. Oh. <laughs> I'm making a joke about it, but it's really not funny. But no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I see it the same way in a sense. Yeah, it's almost like I used to call these things black umbrellas because they were like the encapsulation of this real heavy kind of. You could tell it wasn't a natural cosmic energy or something else. Oh yeah, no, it's not natural. That's that's mm-hmm. why you know there's a spiritual energy around, and there's I can feel you know there's a sparkle in the in the environment in the in the atmosphere. I can feel the sparkle of the energy uh, that's going around, and then there's this other energy that has no light to it. Right. And and you know it's it's. Uh, you know, this this is probably on an etheric level. It probably isn't on a so much of a physical level, but I would imagine a lot of people are feeling the coldness, the right. hopelessness, the emptiness, and and you know, if you if you are feeling that kind of energy, then then you really need to start working on yourself because get the generator inside working because it will it will keep you warm. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 you know. And it's not menopause warm. It's just warm, warm. <laughs> right. They're also changing their own configuration too. They're re, they're dialing into the true space time, in my opinion. That connects them into their more the, the coordinates beyond this world, which will help them uh, calibrate to higher levels of consciousness and change their own environment. That's just the way I see uh-huh. it. Well, you know, whenever we download information, we do that. So, but I think part yeah, of it I, is opening think, up to that energy. Yeah, I think there is a cosmic battle going on. I and and <laughs> we are feeling. The um, um, we're not cannon fodder, but we we are in in many ways, you know, being um, what do they call it? Um, we're we're you know there there will be um, losses that 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 have to do with this Collateral damage, yes. I think humanity, in in part, parts of humanity are going to be collateral damage of a cosmic battle mm-hmm. that is going on. You know, the 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 Indian people had the vimanas and the gods fighting in their skies and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you know there was collateral damage. Um, 
World War, goodness, World War Two, Battle of Los Angeles. Um, oh yeah. There was collateral damage there on the ground, and 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 most of the there there were lost there were there was life that was lost because you know we couldn't get through the force fields of whatever those ships had going on, but. But I think humanity is an innocent bystander to something else that is going on. That's just that's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, there, there are laws of the ride time. to some degree. No, I agree with you on that. And I think that I always say that it looks like they're getting swept up in the net, like this big net. But I, I don't plan on uh-huh. being swept up in it, but I, I, I see it. And I think as part of getting away from it is to be aware, first of all, and also recalibrating to, like I said, the, the different configurations of consciousness. And, and being just, just get out of the way if you can. Uh, and we'll have an easier ride, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting trip. I, you know, I hope one of us writes a book. <laughs> well, you're supposed to be writing the next one, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you supposed to do a translation for the Halls of Amante? Uh, I, you know that, and, and I, you uh, know, the, I have a title for the next book. Okay, yeah, that's right. I forget now. What was it again? What if? Oh, that's right. I like that. Me too. I mean, you said you were. I just have yeah. to write it. Well, put it on audiobook. Yeah, that'd be better. Well, that's a thought. Or, or yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, no, I, just, I just just go I, and stream it. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, our shows are archiving very well. Maybe we could just pluck them all together and put that out there. <laughs> oh, highly possible. Yeah, we'll be up to that. It's always a pleasure to con- no, I, communicate with you and. This is always a fun show. I'm so grateful for you to be here. And thank you for having me on this network, too. It's fun. Well, it's, it you know, it, it was never intended to be a network, but it seems to have evolved into that. <laughs> well, you touch everything and things happen, you know. Magic everywhere. <laughs> well, you know, and, you know, that's, I think, I think that's, you know, some, a lot of people have always said to me, Are, you know, am I on the right pathway? And, my answer to them is always, are you happy? Are you joyful? Are you blissful? Are you enjoying your ride? And if the answer is yes, then you're on the right pathway. And if you're not happy, then you're not. So look around and find out what will give you that joy in your life, and that's the way you go. Um, I've been very, very fortunate and lucky that I had a car accident, that I lost my job, that I was able to do this stuff full time. And, and so... You know, while while a car accident that I lost my job and everything, I, you know, at the time seemed very traumatic. Um, it 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 was um, in many ways it was my own fault because people had said to me, um, "You should be doing this full time," and I always said, "Do you know what I make as a teacher?" <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I have a, I, I'm a single parent with a son in college. Uh, no, no. <laughs> But when I retire, I will do this. And I said, I said it that way one too many times. And the universe says, "Oh, well, let's just make her retire." And mm. and you know, boom, car accident, boom, immediate retirement, and here I am. You know, many years later. Oh, it was, it, it it and it was funny because it's it's a short story. I'll tell it. Um. Because of the car accident, of course, I didn't have money, and my mother said to me, I was living with her, she said, I can give you a place to stay, and I can feed you, but I can't pay your bills. And I said, I understand that. And she said, but you do readings. And I said, no, I'm not doing readings, because 
if the universe wants me in this field, it's got to prove it to me because I don't want my ego to run away with me on this one. So we sat around for a while, and my bills really mounted up, and somebody said to me, have you thought of applying for your disability insurance? And I said, well, I only made one payment. I'm pretty sure that's not enough to give me a check. And they said, well, apply anyhow. And, and I did, and I got a check that that was substantial. Back, It, it went back to when the car accident was, and, and uh, my mother said, okay, so now you have money coming in every month. Are you going to do readings? And I said, no, this doesn't equal my paycheck. And so another couple of months went by, four, maybe five, and the bills mounted yet again. And somebody said, have you ever thought of applying for um, disability insurance? And I said, I have a job. I said, and they said, no, but you're disabled. <laughs> and it's your money, so you should apply for it. So I went in and I signed up and I said, you know, um, I understand that, you know, I am disabled, but I have a job. And they said, no, no, you're, you, you qualify to apply, but you realize that it's going to take you six months to a year, maybe two years before you're approved. And I said, I understand that. This is a shot in the dark, but, you know, I gave them everything they needed. Um, three weeks later, I was I was approved, and I got um, I got checks that went back to when the car accident was. And my mother said to me, now are you going to go? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I said, no, this doesn't equal my paycheck. <laughs> I'm sitting here, and my mother, at that point, she pointed to her head. She said, do you see all these gray hairs? I said, it can't all be mine. And she said, oh, most of them are. So we sat for another six or seven months, and um, I was forced into early retirement um, with medical benefits. And um, I was in my 40s at the time, and they gave me my pension. They started my pension at that time. And the three checks between my pension, disability, and um, and the um, insurance, all three of them totaled the exact the exact amount of my last paycheck. Oh wow! No coincidence. And I looked at my mother and I said, "Now I'll do readings." <laughs> oh, that's great! And here you so are. It, and here I am, many, 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 what, 40 years later, 50 years later? Mm-hmm. God, I've been in this field a long time. Um, but, but you know, it, it's sort of like you don't want your ego to run away with you. And I think that's something that all of us, you know, have to be aware of. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the ego, the ego can take off and, and have flights of fancy and, and leave reality behind. <laughs> Oh yeah, but, definitely. But 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 I think that that the journeys that we're on, um, and 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 I tell everybody when this stops being fun, I will stop doing it, and I'll find what does give me joy. But um, mm-hmm. at the moment, this is this is uh, it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me absolutely, you know. I mean, with the 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 regular radio show, I'm I'm reading at least a book a week. Plus, I do homework mm-hmm. with you, and um, that's awesome. It, it really is, <laughs> and it is homework. It makes for, oh, oh, it mm-hmm. is, it is. Yeah, and and yet, and yet, I think that it, on top of the fact that you and I both learn from this, um, and mm-hmm. and I think I think that's the exciting thing. 
for people oh, to yeah, understand absolutely. that we don't, we don't know it all. We're learning, too. We're, I learned stuff tonight that I did not know about about any, any of this stuff, and, and I just... Uh, the different the different um, levels of you know letting go of parts of ourselves as we evolved into the lighter density of pure etheric spirit, beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a good reminder. It really is. And when you read it, it, it just uh, rings true. You know, there's so many levels of it that kind of activates you once again at the DNA level. At least it does for me. Well, it it and and I think what is what is truly exciting um, for me is and and it's. It's the way I know that something truly spiritual is happening is that when you get involved in, in reading this material and then talking it over with somebody else, that you come away absolutely so charged that you just you, you can't you can't sit still because you you, you want to do something productive or you know you, you can't sit down you can't take a nap for sure. It takes me a while mm-hmm. to come down after one of these shows because because the the intellectual stuff that's going on is is triggering stuff spiritually and and it's sort of like okay what do I do now you know I want to save the world mm-hmm. but you know how, where do I start so right, it's food for the soul yeah definitely absolutely absolutely I just noticed the time um, I know we're almost done. <laughs> We seem to have clumped through. Well, listen, give give out certainly your 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 website and your radio shows and and everything that you do, so we get that on record here. Okay, well, thank you, Barbara. This has been a wonderful show as always, and thank you for listening, everybody. My website's Night Shadow Anomaly Detective. My other shows are at Hyperspace at KCUR, twelve midnight Eastern Time, nine p.m. Pacific on Friday, and I still have Ravenstar's Witching Hour on Saturday, twelve midnight Eastern Time, nine p.m. Pacific, and. Look forward to the next episode. Me too. We'll have to get together and figure out what we're gonna, what where we're gonna learn next. That's right. <laughs> Ahead of time, <laughs> get my highlighter out. Yeah, I, me too. This time, this time I figured out how to use the highlighter. We're going to be even better organized next time. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, good night, Solaris. Thank you so much. Good night. My pleasure. It's it's been a total pleasure being with you and sharing our time with, with the audience. And um, check this out on YouTube. It's it's going to be out there. And if you like what you see, please subscribe. That's how we know you're there. Um, look for us next month, last Sunday of the month. Solaris and I are going to get our highlighters out and educate ourselves and each other and hopefully put material out there for all of you. Good night, everybody.